Hlu, Kai Hlu, Hedran Hlu. To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Everybody and welcome back to What's This Dow All About? My name is Todd Perry. With me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. Hello, all. Good to be with you. So uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about Taoism um, and anarchy. What, what's the connection? What's the connection between Taoism and anarchy? Well, we're going to get into that, and it is a deep co- uh, connection. Uh, before we get into that, I just was just thinking the other day. I, I you know, lots of times when you know you're driving around the freeway, you're driving around wherever, and you see people, and they have, like, religious bumper stickers, you know, like, uh, Jesus es Dios, leo la Biblia, <laughs> like, on the back of people's cars, or, you know, um, you know, people, people proselytizing on their car, you know, yes. and then I thought, you know, it'd be great if we had Taoist bumper stickers, you know, but we're not really into proselytizing, but then, <laughs> just got this stupid idea came into me, it's just, so somebody says, uh, Back off, man. I'm a Taoist. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it just feels right. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I did get some T-shirts made that say, you know, may the Tao be with you. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. And mugs. <laughs> if you look on our Twitter feed, I tweeted out the, the mug the other day, at What's This Tao, by the way. And we do, we do like, um, we do every couple of days, we put up like quotes from the show with graphics and stuff, and those are pretty popular with the people who listen, so it's kind of cool. Um... <laughs> And then, so yeah, I wanted to get a shirt or a bumper sticker that says, back off, man, I'm a Taoist. <laughs> and it reminded me, this has nothing to do with anything. Graphic humor there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything, but I just remember one of the funniest things I ever heard was uh, my, my buddy was in a band called the Crystal Antlers, which is pretty popular. And they had a drummer. This name was, uh, they, he went by the name Sexual Chocolate. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was a very funny guy. And he was hanging out one day, and someone was complaining. And he just stopped him mid-complaint, and he goes, Back off, man. I'm not your rabbi. I'm just a black man from Anaheim Hills. <laughs> and then I just about took a knee. The guy was so funny. But... Speaking about drummers and bands, uh, I had uh, a drummer from a grade band, one of my kung fu students here at my school. Oh. What band? Devo. Oh, Devo's yeah. drummer was my student. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, Alan. Yeah, he was my student. Love those guys. Yeah, I was it was getting way off topic, but I was actually uh I met the drummer from Blondie who also plays oh. Bob Dylan and stuff. I had a, and he bought me a beer the other night. Cool. It was cool. So anyway, we're gonna talk we're um so we're gonna get into a discussion on the politics of Taoism. Now We've said this before on the show. People say, oh, don't get into politics. You know, on, it's, it's a show about spirituality. It's like, no, uh, the Tao Te Ching is a lot. There's a lot in the Tao Te Ching about politics. And there are tons of chapters about it and how to be a good leader and the role of government in people's lives. Um, so, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a third rail topic in the world of Taoism. And um, so 
Dr. Carl Totten sent me a great article the other day on how Taoism how Taoism is one of the original um, uh, what would you say original texts that kind of predates anarchy and lots of mm-hmm. anarchistic ideas are based on Taoism. And for people who aren't too familiar with anarchy, I think at first glance, some people think it's just simply everybody running wild in the streets and setting fire <laughs> to everything, which, I mean, would be a lot of fun, you know. But, um, Remember that great old album, Anarchy in the UK? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they think it's just you know, a bunch of punks running around. Sex pistols and all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the, the basic <laughs> idea of anarchy is that people who want to get away from the authority of government and believe the authority of government is oppressive and that in the end of the day, uh, every government is some uh, kind of sanctioned violence is what the idea is because at the end of the day, government is the one peop- pers- group or thing that we allow to enact violence on people, whether you're locking people up, whether you're killing them, whether you're killing them for no appropriate reason, whether you're going to other countries and killing people. Mm-hmm. Invading uh, them, stuff like that. Yeah, that all comes through government, and we all kind of sanction, you know, Nobody, we actually never consented to be governed, which is interesting. You never signed a paper that says, I will, you know, have to deal with the laws of the United <laughs> States government. Although I do remember that line. Where does it come from? The, by the consent of the governed? Mm. Is that in our preamble to the Constitution? Or, I don't know. Something, something like that, yeah. <laughs> Some old thing that needs to be revised. Yeah. <laughs> no. They didn't ask me. <laughs> yeah, nobody asked me to be governed or to abide by any laws, right? You got every other people made this crap, now I got to live in it, right? But and so that the basic idea of anarchy is that then people come together and uh, create solutions in a different way. And there's kind of two major thoughts in anarchy and there's uh, anarcho-capitalism and anarcho-communism. And anarcho-capitalists are people that believe that the free market should kind of rule everything. So uh, right now we have police that we pay through, pay for through taxes and everything. They uh, think that maybe we should have like private security, right, that, that people pay for and uh, voluntarily pay for versus the government putting a gun to your head, taking your money and giving it to mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. police. Or they believe things like instead of having you know, government-provided fire department, everybody pays a little bit for fire insurance, and then if your house goes ablaze, the private fire company will come and take care of it. Hmm. And so, and they also believe in things like Bitcoin. Uh, instead of using, you know, you know, artificially, you know, tampered with federal, you know, currency and all these things. And then the other side, anarcho-communists would be people that kind of believe in kind of pooling their resources in, in, in communal living to fulfill the needs that we that we use a government for, mm-hmm. right? Sound right, everybody? Am I, am I? Yeah. So huh. the, the argument from the anarchist's perspective, or this particular anarchist with no last name named Josh, <laughs> who's very wise, so don't, don't, his lack of last name, don't hold it against him. Um, he believes that, he says, first, the clear expression, the first clear expression of an anarchist sensibility may be traced back to the Taoists in ancient China from about 6th century B.C., the Tao Te Ching offers not only earliest, but also the most eloquent exposition of anarchist principles. The Taoists at the time were living in a feudal society in which law was becoming codified and government increasingly centralized and bureaucratic. Confucius was the chief spokesperson of the legalistic school supporting these developments and called for a social hierarchy in which every citizen knew his or her place. The Taoists, for their part, rejected government and believed that all could live in natural and spontaneous harmony. The conflict between those who wished to interfere 
and those who believe that things flourish best when left alone has continued ever since. So that's, you know, in, in the end of the day, that's what most political arguments, you know, should the government be telling me to do this, or should the government be telling you to do that, or should I be able to make my own decision, or, you know. Right. Uh, it's kind of the basic liberal conservative uh, argument in very base terms, you know. Um, and so central to Taoist teaching is the concept of Wu Wei. It is often translated as merely non-action. From a political point of view, Wei refers to the imposition of authority. To do something in accordance with Wu Wei, therefore, is considered natural. It leads to natural and spontaneous order, and it has nothing to do with all forms of imposed authority. So, like, I always, yeah, I always kind of think, like, you know, we have these structures, and what if we pulled them away, right? What if suddenly none of these structures were here? Uh, people would sort out their own way of dealing with things. It's almost like the movie The Breakfast Club. <laughs> if you think about it. So you have these five people that really have nothing to do with each other. Eventually you stick them in a room together and they start to work together. And people kind of start get, taking on different roles. And the, the people, you know, they get together and do something and kind of rebel against, you know, the system or, or whatever they do. But eventually, if you get rid of these things, people have the needs for these systems so they'll develop their own ways of attaining them. And possibly, you know... Uh, s someone who believes in kind of a Taoist sensibility might think that these uh, things might come together naturally and work well and that people will work well together. And then some people might think, no, what you're going to have is this complete inequity and some people that are powerful will lord it over others and there'll be no checks and balances in, within society. Hmm. Also, uh, yeah, as, as it's been said, I think many times by scholars and others writing about you know, topics similar to this, is that you know at the time that uh, the Tao Te Ching was written in Lao Tzu's time, of course you had a large agrarian society. Yeah. You know where people relied on the land. They were much closer to nature, just kind of naturally. Yeah. And it, you know if if everybody is kind of relying on nature for their subsistence, it leads to a certain level of cooperation automatically. Right. Yeah. Whereas now here. In mm. modern society, that's not the case. <laughs> right. And so people, we're, you know, we're relying on these centralized methods of uh, production and, and distribution uh, at a commercial level. Mm -hmm. And if that broke down, then what? Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah, because in, in a way, the conveniences of modern life have prevented us from having to learn some very basic skills that people did many years ago. Right. Like if, you know, the Stater brothers shut down up the street, I would have, you know, it would be very tough for me to figure out how to get a meal together. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how to grow it. I don't know how to kill it. I, you know. So it, it, so in a certain way, we're, we're all kind of enabled, you know, by modern community. But that's a fine thing. You know, we, we in, in a weird way, through kind of the free market, we all cooperate. But we just kind of cooperate on, on a commercial level, right. you know, and that you, you give me this, I give you that. You know, uh, I sit and I write stuff for people, and they pay me, but they need writing to be done because they're not as good right. at it or they don't have the time. And so we all, in a weird way, the, the, weird, the weird kind of what they call the invisible hand mm -hmm. of the free market mm -hmm. ends up, without too much interference, taking care of most people's needs, in a way, I mean, there's still there's obviously there's poor people, 
um, they're, you know, disenfranchised people. There's all that exists. But for the most part, um, the, the great thing is there's people, because they're incentivized by the invisible hand, uh, go, gee, what do people need? I'll figure out what that is, and then we will, I will fulfill a need for people, and then I will make money, right? And mm -hmm. so in a weird way, the, the, without much interference, the free market takes care of most people's needs in a way by giving them employment, by giving them resources, by giving them access to resources and goods and services. And it all kind of works together in a pretty darn nice way. And that, in a certain way, is almost an anarcho-capitalist idea of looking at the world, right? That, you know, there will be a need and it will be fulfilled because of the profit motive. And the profit motive isn't necessarily the most moral way of <laughs> doing things, but <laughs> it, it gets the wheels spinning, you know? <laughs> While at the same time, of course, creating enormous problems. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, the, the profit or advantage, you might say, of one group over another group has led to you know most of our <laughs> situations for the last several thousand years. Oh, yeah, you know, if you yeah, look yeah, at the history yeah. of the world, it's a history of what? Conflict, wars, you know, one empire dominating another, invading others, and taking, basically stealing their resources, right? right? <laughs> Enslaving them, and on and on. And so I, I think that human beings, we, ha we have a, we have a, overarching problem, you know, which comes from, as the Hindus say, you know, the, the, the biggest maya, the biggest illusion of all is that of separation. Mm -hmm. When actually we, we are all, and modern physics affirms this, we are all interconnected yeah. energetically, you know, at this quantum level. And everything affects everything and everyone else. And that's true, but we don't quite realize that exactly mm -hmm. and everybody thinks depending on their where their head is at oh uh, i i've got to take care of me myself my own my people my family it's all my 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 mine <laughs> you right. know? when actually the truth is it's we and us and our mm -hmm. really it's our world it's our air it's our land it's our water and if one segment decides that they can make a profit by exploiting that, they will. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, Whether yeah, yeah. it's uh, and so, so, so it seems to me that one of the th although you know Lao Tzu was was uh, was talking about you know the government basically backing off and not and not controlling things, he was relying on again in this agrarian society the goodwill of people to see that their fortunes were intermingled with that of their neighbor right. and that you know kind of like you know the right the rising tide raises all the ships right yeah, yeah. that that was seemed to be his attitude mm -hmm. and, and under those circumstances you don't need big brother the government coming in saying do this do that don't do this don't do that yes yeah but 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 what if you don't have that sense of interconnectedness you don't have a people whose consciousness is raised to the point where they realize hey you know we're all in this together i am my brother's keeper and 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 vice versa then what then yeah what? yeah so the, the the interesting question becomes when lao tzu is talking about these things is he saying in 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 this actualized taoist existence 
there is no need for that. Right. Or is he saying there's no need for that currently? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and yeah, and the, the idea is the kind of the cooperation, the kind of anarcho-communist idea where there, you don't have these hierarchies that you're talking about where one person is lording one thing over another. Mm -hmm. um, and you have the collectivistic idea where everyone is helping each other out. Um, I, you know, I don't know how that really works on paper. If, if I'm sitting there and I'm writing, maybe I write something for somebody and then they, <laughs> they give me a chicken or something. I don't know how it works, but... We can go back to barter. Yeah, we can go back to barter, right? And then they were actually trading goods and services besides, you know... Fake money pumped up by the Fed. No. Um, so let's see here. Uh, the most important principle at the center of their teaching was the belief that the world is ruled by letting things take their course. It cannot be ruled by interfering. The Taoist ideal was, for, was from an agrarian collectivism which sought to recapture the instinctive unity with nature which human beings had lost in developing an artificial and hierarchical culture. Peasants are naturally wise in many ways. So I think that's big. It's saying, you know, we're kind of reclaiming this kind of idea of unity that we've lost um, in, you know, in the, the, the kind of false hierarchy that's been projected onto people. Mm -hmm. It was this insight which led Taoists to reject all forms of imposed authority, government and the state. It also made them into the precursors of modern anarchism and social ecology. It has been argued that Taoism does not reject the state as an artificial structure, but rather sees it as a natural institution analogous to perhaps the family. While the Tao Te Ching undoubtedly rejects authoritarian rule, it does read at times that if it's giving advice to rulers to be, become better at ruling. Yeah, so in, in, in the Tao Te Ching, they actually talk about rulers, mm -hmm. and they talk about the state, and they say, you know, um, the state should be governed like cooking a small fish. So they do believe in some form of mild government. But not, you know, an, uh, an, an imposing authority. Yes. You know. Um, it's kind of like the, the king, the, the best king, kind of from a Taoist perspective, was the one who's almost invisible. He just gets everything done. <laughs> right, and you takes know. no credit. And no, and takes no credit. But, create, but has created the environment for everybody's needs to be met. Mm -hmm. Therefore, everybody's happy. People cooperate with each other. And, you know, life goes on right. in, a, in a natural way, in accordance with, with nature. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, returning to his, um, Chong Se talks about like the old man, you know, from the past and how he did things mm -hmm. when he was in unity with everything. And in, the, in a subsequent show, we're going to talk about the Day of Piglet. And there's a big talk. There's mm -hmm. a, a, I think there's a, a kind of a, a myth in Taoism about the, the great separation there was, there was this once this perfect society where man worked in harmony with each other and with nature, and then that was spoiled, mm. you know. And now we're trying to get back to that that place. If the sage would guide the people, he must serve with humility. If he would lead them, he must follow from behind. In this way, when the sage rules, the people will not feel oppressed. Is what uh, Lao Tzu says. The person who genuinely understands the Tao applies it to government reaches the inevitable con oh the person who genuinely understands the Tao and applies it to government reaches the inevitable conclusion that the best government does not govern at all. Lao Tzu offers what might be described as the first anarchist manifesto, which is uh, we have here in the um, chapter. The more laws and restrictions there are, the poorer people become. 
The sharper man's weapons, the more trouble in the land. The more ingenious and clever men are, the more strange things happen. The more rules and regulations, the more thieves and robbers. Therefore, the sage says, I take no action, and people are reformed. I enjoy peace, and people become honest. I do nothing, and the people become rich. I have no desires, and people return to good. I have no desires, and people return to the good and simple life. Yes. This is chapter 57. Yes. From the Tao Te Ching. Mm hmm. Yes. Oh, did you, did you have any prepared stuff on chapter 57? Yeah, a little bit, because this was the chapter that the, that author on the Taoism and Anarchy referenced yeah. in, in his, uh, yeah. in his uh, uh, essay. And so um, I, I started thinking about that a little bit. And, you know, here, again, Lao Tzu is basically kind of addressing government, governing or leadership styles. And he advises that persons tend to prosper more with less reliance on laws, rules, and regulations but in a, in a counteraction manner, imposing external dogmas might lead towards more of a desire towards greed. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, whereas the less that is done, the more that can be accomplished, as that is their true inner nature. So all things move towards wholeness or completion as part of the natural order when not interfered with. Taoism mm -hmm. is a philosophy based on mutual trust, mutual support, and allowing others to find and fulfill their own nature as it is aligned with the nature of the great Tao itself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like um, when you have the type of rulers that don't get into people's personal lives and people live and love how they need to or how they want to or whatever or behave how they want, you have a much more rich and thriving culture, and a much more tolerant culture, mm -hmm. and a much less violent culture. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when everybody's allowed to be themselves, and the authorities don't tell anybody what to wear, or how to cut their hair, or what to think, <laughs> you know? And, and that, that assumes that people are in touch with themselves enough to know who they are, and therefore able to assume responsibility for themselves and their actions mm -hmm. without these external strictures or controls yeah see so it's assuming it's trusting that people are going to do the right thing mm -hmm. because they know who they are and therefore and they know what nature is they know the Tao, the way of the Tao, and so they 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 experience within themselves the right thing and therefore they do the right thing without being told right now do you think Interesting thing. So we, you know, we currently live in a world where there's a government and there's authorities and there's a hierarchy. And let's say, you know, if uh, we're, uh, we're sitting right here, we're looking out the window, let's say somebody's trying to rob somebody's car, right? <laughs> now, in the way we're kind of raised in the society we live in, we call the police, right? <laughs> police come out and, you know, get the guy who's stealing the car. But what if there were no police? What if we grew up in a society where there was no police? then what we would do is we'd run out and take care of the guy who's stealing the car, <laughs> right? Possibly, right? Because we would have been kind of raised to do that or whatever, have almost not been enabled by authority. Mm -hmm. You know, in some way, having authority makes us all a little less responsible for one another. Mm -hmm. And would we feel more responsible if we were given the responsibility? Mm -hmm. You know, would that change how people behave? You know? Of course, that assumes that we were, from the, from the get-go, raised in a society that nurtured and, and cultivated these skills right. and, and this mindset so that we were capable of doing that. I think that as society became larger and more complex, 
of course, they, society recognized that it was not possible any longer for people to pretty much do that on their own. Yeah. And so they got together and said, okay, here, we're going to train these people or, you know, to do that, you know, police. Yeah. You know, we're going to hear the laws, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that the basically the thou shalt and thou shalt nots <laughs> <laughs> and the police are going to enforce these, right. you know, because the average person, uh, you know, no longer, again, the society has gotten so large and out of control that some controls became necessary for the imposition of stable order. Right. And I'm sure something along that line happened uh, over time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, back when the days when everybody lived in the same cave, you know, you had caveman, woman, you know, and you your cave over there and my cave over here. And uh, maybe in between there was a plot of land and we had to somehow agree to share it so we could all eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe things were different. And uh, so I think a lot of the ills, if you will, of modern society... I think are a natural or an unnatural consequence of the fact that things are just so large. Right. You know, you know, when you had 300 people or 3000 people was one thing when you have 8 million, 8 billion people, then what? Yeah. It's a different game. (laughs) Then what? (laughs) Yeah. And so, so on on one hand, you know, we, we, we need to move forward. But on the other hand, some of these ancient ideas, remember, Lao Tzu wrote this 2,500 years ago. Yeah. And it's just as pertinent now as it was then, you know, because at the time that he was writing, look what was going on in China. The warring states, I mean, you know, everybody was at everybody else's throats. You know, you had uh, warlords and things, you know, ruling it over people and trying to take over, you know, other people's uh, land and property and things. And then you had Confucius in there with his legalistic school saying, oh, okay, look at this. We need order and rules and regulations and a hierarchy of relationships so that things work Mm -hmm. and there's a moral order. Right. Yeah. And then Lao Tzu's saying, "Well, you know, hold back there, guy. Yeah. Don't not so fast. You know? yeah. Let's not let's, let's get out of hand. Let's go. Let's return to the natural order. And then a lot of this that you're putting in by rules and laws will happen naturally, organically, mm-hmm. just because that's the way of the Tao. Right. Yeah, and I think that Lao Tzu always plays a role." And uh, and kind of a while back on a show, we were talking about the uh, Taoism being kind of the antidote to the Western mind. Mm-hmm. That uh, Lao Tzu kind of holds up a mirror to things and say, think about it this way. Think about almost the exact opposite way you're doing what you're doing. And here's a totally new perspective on the society you're living in. Mm-hmm. And e- e- even if, you know... Lao Tzu isn't necessarily saying, you know, burn down the world and start over, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and start over in this kind of agrarian way or whatever. <laughs> it's saying, look, there's an alternate way to, of thinking about this stuff, like all, all great minds do. Mm-hmm. That maybe we don't need this authority and control that makes us so comfortable. Maybe yes. there's something just natural within us uh, and within the Tao that does that, that does that already. I think the most Beautiful things are the simple things, you know, which is a very mm-hmm. Taoist way, mm-hmm. that, you know, that aren't interfered with and just occur naturally and yes. look for that and embrace it when we can. Because what know? is more beautiful than nature? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to improve 
a sunset <laughs> yeah. or the moon rising, you know, or, or an ocean breeze or a flowering forest in, in, in the spring. You know, I mean, these things can't be improved upon. Right. <laughs> and so you know, the, the Taoists always look to nature, the, the greater nature, as a guide for how things work when they're working really well. Right. <laughs> and if we can do that as human beings, you know, we've accomplished something. The Taoists advocated a free society without government in which, pe which individuals would be left to themselves. But while pursuing their own interests, they would not forget the interests of others. It is not a sullen selfishness which is recommended. The pursuit of personal good involves a concern for the general well-being. The more a person does for others, the more he has. The more he gives to others, the greater his abundance. Mm. And that's what you are talking about, mm. uh, you know, about yes. the, the collective, you know, it's not just every man for himself, it's every man for every man. Yes, Yes. Um, human beings are ultimately individuals, but they're also social beings, part of the whole. Anticipating the findings of modern ecology, the Taoists believe that the more individuality and diversity there is, the greater the overall harmony. The spontaneous order of society does not exclude conflict, but involves a dynamic interplay of opposite forces. Thus, society is described by Changsa as... Oops, I edited that part out. Uh, yeah, so... That's yeah. That's the basics of the kind of uh, anarcho-communist, <laughs> anarcho uh, thoughts of, of Taoism. I love that part where the author here says that human beings are ultimately individuals, but are also social beings, part of the whole. Right. And so uh, Taoism absolutely encourages each person to be utterly true to their own inner nature, while recognizing that they are also part of the bigger picture and therefore cooperation is something that is required for a sustainable existence mm -hmm. it can't be just you know every person out for themselves and screw everybody else right i, I could care less because that's not sustainable that yeah. that ultimately leads to destruction mm -hmm. and violence mm -hmm. and war as a cursory look at world history will reveal <laughs> in fact, I, I came up with a little exercise that our listeners might want to think about. Imagine for just a moment that there were absolutely no rules that applied to you. No laws, no restrictions, nothing. <laughs> How would you feel and what would you do? You don't have to do anything, but what would you do? How would you treat people if there were no laws, no rules, nothing that actually externally was applied to you how would you feel and what would you do food for thought mm. <laughs> <laughs>